Konnichiwa minasan. Kirk here from jamaipanese.com. Welcome to the long overdue episode 7 of the JA podcast. This episode is being recorded 18 months after episode 6, but uh, let's keep that a secret. In the last episode, I did an interview with Ayana Wise, a longtime resident of Japan, originally hailing from New York State, but now she's doing big things in Osaka. I'm following up with another interview because that last episode was like super popular. Uh, this time I have a fellow Jamaican. Uh, as some of you know, I moved to Japan last year, coming up on my one year Japaniversary. And I am now participating on the JET program. I'm on a rural island off the coast of Shimane. But my guest today is Shikisha Kowan, a longtime online acquaintance whose path also led her to Japan a few years ago on the JET program. Let's chat to her today. Episode 7 of the JA podcast begins now. Welcome, Shikisha. Thank you for joining me today on the JA podcast. How are you? I am good. It's a little bit warm for where I live, but you know, it's a good day. I've been, I've been not progressive at all today. <laughs> Neither have I. I may have napped for three or four hours, but yeah. <laughs> so let's begin. Who is Shikisha Cohen? Tell us about yourself in three to five sentences. Ah. Okay, so I like to say that I am an occasional philosopher, a lover of life, and that's the most nutshell version of me. But as it's, <laughs> as it really exists, I am a marketer on sabbatical, um, living as an expat in Japan. I teach little and medium-sized children <laughs> days. Um, but in my life outside of Japan, I am most notably uh, the developer of events. <laughs> um, my largest event is actually happening this weekend, Fun in the Sun. And I am also a part of Admark Jamaica, which is, of course, the top marketing firm in the island. And I do that with a focus on digital marketing. Um, for me, the roles for me that I find most important are that I am a friend, I am a daughter, a sister, an aunt, an encourager, a giver, a Jamaican, a lover of life, and a servant of Christ. Nice, nice. Excellent intro. Uh, so, what circumstances led you to now residing in your Jap um, residing in Japan, and what is your job here? Okay, um, my job here is that I am a JET ALT. ALT is assistant language teacher. For those who don't know, it means that in junior high school, I pretend to assist teacher <laughs> and in elementary schools the teachers pretend that I am a teacher so nice 
I pretty much get to introduce um, English language to students of all ages. And within all of that, I hopefully also introduce them to non-Japanese people. So that's what I do here. Um, what led me to being here is, first off, my first name is a Japanese word, which has two meanings, band leader uh, or conductor. Um, the other side of it is it means intelligent person. I like both sides of my name. Interesting. And, <laughs> yeah, right? And so my fascination with Japan actually started when I was very young as a result of it. And so I wanted to live in Japan. Um, a friend of mine has a story of me at nine years old telling her I was going to go to Japan. I didn't know how, but <laughs> I was going to Japan. Um, and this is after, you know, reading about Japan in the lexicon encyclopedia, the green ones, because, you know, I was fortunate enough to have one. Um, but I kind of threw aside those dreams and ideas. I mean, I wanted to be a teacher when I was in high school until I saw how little teachers get paid in Jamaica. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, like it's a real thing. Um, but how I ended up here was I lost a bet with, you may know her as Wanda Rosa. Mm -hmm. um, to me, she's Anloy. So she, she bet me that I wasn't too old for Jet. Because I was convinced I was too old. And being wrong, I had to apply. I applied. Um, and there was a part of me that wasn't sure if I was going to accept. I mean, it was a nice idea. Mm -hmm. But I was in the middle of my career, da, da, da. You know. And the social climate in Jamaica got to a point where I needed a result. I mean, I had a lot of what one would call microaggressions towards me as a result of many assumptions. Um, the assumption that I'm super uptown, the assumption that I'm super privileged, um, and just this assumption that because of my complexion, I couldn't possibly be Jamaican, um, which I won't lie, I also faced in the interview, but we won't go into that. <laughs> but, you know... A couple of things happened in Jamaica the year that I made the decision that I definitely was going to accept a placement. Um, it started with the member of parliament that called people on Twitter the articulate minority for complaining about the way the government was spending our tax dollars. Um, then, you know, you add on to that the fact that I already felt certain aggressions, you know, in the weirdest places. But then a girl looked on me and told me that people that look like me should never be permitted to sit in parliament. Yeah, and that, yeah, that shattered my core beliefs about Jamaica. Out of many one people, eh? Yeah, you know, um, and her theory was that literally that I'm not black enough to sit in parliament. <laughs> and I remember having a conversation with a then member of parliament about it. And he was just like, well, that's not nothing. That don't mean nothing. And I was just like, you know what? This kind of attitude towards, towards the mixing of Jamaica and who we are as a people, as like, I need a result. 
because I'm not going to get angry about being Jamaican. If I love nothing else about me, I love the fact that I am Jamaican. I think it is the greatest privilege on the planet to be born in Jamaica. Like, it's the best place. Mm. I don't care. You know, we have, we have problems, but Jamaica is Jamaica is Jamaica, and it's more than we look about with Talawa. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, now that you've been in Japan for coming on three years, yes. uh, what's the best part about living in Japan? Best part about living in Japan is safety. I am never concerned about closing my front door. Like, I literally do not lock my front door anymore. I, I locked it maybe the first two months. I stopped locking it. I leave my key in the car, mainly so I don't forget where the key is. But I never worry about it. If I leave my phone at a convenience store, I know I can go back and find it. Like, it's not a problem. And that is one of the weirdest things I love about living in Japan. Yeah, I, I, can, I can understand that as well. The first couple of weeks of coming here, I was like, I have to lock my door. I have to do this. I have to do that. But after a while, I'm like, why am I locking my door? <laughs> you know, it's just... It's crazy how things are um, safe here. But yes. uh, we've heard the best part. Uh, but what's the most difficult part of living uh, in Japan? Okay, you want the, the worst part of living where I live or the worst part of Japan? You choose. <laughs> um, all right. So the worst part of where I live is lack of black people. <laughs> it's something I wasn't sure I would miss. <laughs> but... Uh, definitely miss it. And it actually affects my psyche. I didn't think I really, cause you know, I, I feel I am somewhat international. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay with being in spaces that are not majority members of the African diaspora, but I literally, I can count on my fingers. How many black people are members of my program in this prefecture? And it really isn't much. I believe right now there are eight of us that are not white or Chinese. I'm oh, sorry, or Asian. I think so Chinese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As in of Asian descent. Literally, it's it's a sea of blonde and blue. Interesting. <laughs> uh, very interesting. And, I, I, I can understand. Um, mm-hmm. My issue <laughs> was during like the winter. When it was just like cold, I know your winters are worse than mine, so I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Where it was just cloudy and snowy and cold every day, I felt like, oh my god, like, yeah. But anyway, no. Well, me, sorry. As it relates to winter, I do hate winter, Mm -hmm. but lack of melanin messes with me in a very different way, and. So I will find how I, I, I say I suffer from like melanin deprivation syndrome. Interesting. I, yeah. Like I need, I need to see people of color. Um, and it gets bad enough that when like, I will find tanned people suddenly very attractive and I'm just like, <laughs> attractive to me though. I know that in, in my real life, I don't actually find you attractive. So when that happens, I take trips, I go to, um, the airbase that's close by the U.S. airbase because hello, melanin everywhere. Um, <laughs> or I go to Tokyo, where there's a 
larger number of um, non-Asian, um, non-Anglo persons because I just need it. I need it. It just kind of helps me to breathe a little differently. Um, but yeah, but that's me though. I don't really, you know, put that on anybody but myself. <laughs> the cold is bad, but even in the warm months when everyone and everything is different and you're the only one of your kind, um, it's very hard. I was the first um, Jamaican to be sent here on jet. Um, they had no idea what to do with me. Oh, and I can I, also like, relate to that. <laughs> you know, like no idea, zero idea. And um, last year we actually got a fellow Caribbean person. We got someone from TT. And I'm so happy that she came. Here's somebody that understands pepper. That, <laughs> <laughs> that seasoning and spices, two different things. <laughs> These things are very important in life. You know, and can understand when I start speaking fast. You know, or understand who Michelle is. If I say, boy, Michelle out there going book well, somebody else knows. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Yeah, you know. Um. I mean, there's that, but in Japan in general, for me, I think what is hard is the distance from my family mm -hmm. um, and the lack of having a church home. Uh. Mm -hmm. Okay. You mentioned stuff about being Jamaican. So yes. as a Jamaican, what are some of the stereotypes you've had to deal with while living in Japan? Well, with... Japanese people, the stereotype that I've had to deal with is that all Jamaicans are athletic. Um, <laughs> bolto, bolto. Oh my goodness. Listen, if I can thank Usain for one thing, it's that um, Japanese people think I can run. By <laughs> 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 nature of being Jamaican. Um, <laughs> and man, it's so sad because I'm the most unathletic person. But from non-Japanese persons that are here, the biggest stereotype I've had to deal with is um, that I have a very strong, solid relationship with marijuana, <laughs> um, which is not a part of my life um, <laughs> at all. But, you know, it's, it's very interesting, those stereotypes, you know, they wanted me to run in my um, in my town sports festival, and I'm looking at them like, you clearly want to lose. You do not know how slow I go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, that's interesting. And one thing I is not a stereotype, but one thing I've had the opportunity to share about a lot is Rastafarianism. Um, because I'm raised in a Rastafarian home, and so I don't eat pork. And then it throws them off because, oh, why don't you eat kyushoku? Because I don't eat pork. Why pork can't is in everything here. Everything. I don't understand why is it in vegetables. Yep. Someone could just explain to me the purpose of the raw ham on top of the salad. <laughs> I would really appreciate it. Yeah. I love it though. I mean, they're very understanding and, you know, they've not, they've not tried to force me to eat it. Um, 
I've seen where they've gone out of their way to just make sure that there's something available at an end for me to eat. You know, and I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, the pork thing is, like, I didn't eat pork for a very long time. Personally, mm-hmm. no religious or any reason whatsoever. I just like, okay, I'm I'm trying to cut out meat and I didn't eat pork for maybe 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I came to Japan in 2011. And I ate nothing but like salads and KFC and stuff for for the first week I was here, and, and then, then I was just like, okay, I'm 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 gonna take the plunge. <laughs> yeah. And since 2011 September, uh, mm. when I first visited Japan, that's when I started to eat pork again. I eat um, kyushoku here mm-hmm. with my junior high school kids three days a week and elementary two days. Oh and nice. Um, thankfully, I live on a rural island, so the food is usually fresh and quite good. And there are certain things I will definitely not eat, like whale, um, which hasn't been served since I've been here, thankfully. But Kyushoko, I find, is a very good time to kind of talk with the kids outside of classroom time. Oh, yes. So that's what I really look forward to, being able to sit with them and talk and, you know. Yeah, I mean, lunchtime is a really great time to do with the kids. You know, well, for me, because I bring my own lunch, of course, it's always like, oh, what is that? And what is oh, that? God. Yep. Oh, yeah. And of course, I'm going to, like, when I know, because in junior high, I don't sit with students for lunch, but in elementary, I do. And, you know, elementary kids have oh. zero, like, their, their, their no game filter. is just gone, right? Yep. It hasn't been built yet. Um, but... So they'll ask me things and they'll ask me, oh, what's in this? You know, and they're they're always very curious about curry chicken mm-hmm. um, because I use it as an opportunity to share. It's to me, it's a great opportunity to share culture. You know, I get to show them various Jamaican foods. I, I bring fake jerk chicken because um, <laughs> ain't no pimento wood in this place. Ah, yes. <laughs> You know, so it's, it's my fake jerk chicken. It looks like it could be jerk chicken, but <laughs> I know what I did. <laughs> um, but they love it, and they get very excited, and they all come, and it's almost like a continuation of what happens in the supermarket where their parents come and look in my basket and then comment on the price of my food. And I'm just like, well, leave people, like, leave me alone. I'm just uh, yes. I love beef. I know it's expensive. It's okay. Um, but they come and they're like, oh, but it's so bright. Because, you know, I eat a lot of salads as well. And, of course, for them, they're just like, that's a lot of vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, yes, I love vegetables, don't you? And they're like, no. <laughs> we like sushi. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Oh, my God. I love my students. And right now... I just started the goodbyes and I'm just like, I don't think I can do this next week. I don't know how this is going to work. Yeah. It, but, you really get attached to the kids here. I've only been here a year and mm-hmm. like in April or late March, I came um, last year, July, I came, but there was a group that graduated in April and I really bonded with them over the, the two terms I was with them. And now yeah. there's like a, 
a new set that that has come in and i taught them at elementary and i've kind of seen them grow and evolve into you know the teenagers that they are now so it's i can understand after two three years wow yes. it, it will be difficult or it, it is difficult to say goodbye i have this cute little one named tito <laughs> <laughs> and he has the biggest smile like when i see him i can't it doesn't matter what mood i could possibly be in i see him and like my entire being just lights up he is such an amazing like he's just happy and he runs and he hugs you and i'm just like okay <laughs> yep <laughs> yep so awesome. touching is <laughs> a big thing in japan <laughs> also just like communicating properly but yeah we <laughs> we could make an entire new episode on that Oh, but, yes, that probably should be an episode. <laughs> yeah. What is the most important lesson living in Japan has taught you? Um, the most important lesson I've learned in Japan is that communication doesn't need a shared language. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> Gestures, um, body language. Everything. Eye contact. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, so, okay, story time, right? So when I first started learning my soba uchi, which is the art of making soba noodles, um, my teacher still does not speak English and I still don't speak Japanese. However, we learned, (laughs) We, we communicated and we were able I mean, the fact that I'm the first foreigner to have a sober license is its own amazing thing because I'm the wow. first one to take the test. Um, but the fact that I was able to learn this very, this art that was, not was, but is of such deep cultural significance and is almost, in my opinion, one of the hidden gems of Japan because outside of Japan, you don't really hear about sober, you know? Um but the fact that I was able to learn from someone who does not speak my language, of whose language I don't speak, and I was able to understand the meditative properties of it and the, and the cultural significance of how it's made, you know, that showed me that we don't have to share a language to communicate you know, as long as we are both open to communicating as opposed to wanting to hear the sound of our own voices. Interesting. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Congratulations, though, on being the first foreigner to have that sober license. I saw you posting pictures on Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. <laughs> all dolled up, ready to do your test and stuff. Congrats. Oh. I was, I was stressed, but thank you. That <laughs> well, was it's amazing. that time of year when new jets are arriving <laughs> in Japan. I saw posts. I've been seeing posts on the um, the Jamaica Jet Alumni page and other pages about the new set of Jamaicans and other foreigners coming to Japan to be part of the jet program. Any advice for the newbies? Oh, yes. So I used to be an RR, so I have a lot of advice. <laughs> okay. Um, but, all right. So the first piece of advice is 
anything that you think you know about Japan, you don't. So just chuck it out the window. It doesn't matter if you've been here before. It doesn't matter if you lived here before because, you know, you came here on a, you know, you lived in Japan for three months as college exchange. You don't know anything. You are a visitor and Japan treated you as a visitor. You are now an employee. Life going to be different. That's the first and most important thing. Um, you know, of course, as Jamaicans, you said, Simeon, come live with me are two different things. Oh, Patwa. I haven't heard proper Patwa like that in a long time. But anyway, continue. Go <laughs> no, me that, that's literally Japan. Japan, the Simifat is, yeah, of course, you can come and visit. Visit Japan. It will make you think it's the most wonderful, easygoing place. Everyone will accommodate you. Okay, however, when you live here, we expect you to figure it out. And... You know, so that can be a little bit of a shot. So that's the first thing. Just throw it out the window. Um, secondly, I'd say remain in a place of learning and gratitude. Um, you have to look on it as a learning opportunity. You're going to learn new things in Japan. Um, and as long as you're not resistant to learning, as long as you humble yourself, you will, first off, be received a lot more graciously. But secondly, you will definitely um, get more out of your time here. You know, a lot of jets, especially in the first year, get very frustrated with, I don't have anything to do. That's all right. If you, that first year, you are just like a first year teacher. The only difference is you don't have to wear a three-piece suit every single day. A lot of people are coming here that don't have jobs otherwise. You know, I'm fortunate. I am literally on sabbatical. <laughs> you know, I have, I will return to the job that I'm coming from. But be grateful. Be grateful for every courtesy extended to you. Be grateful for every time someone wants to teach you something. And there are things that will be frustrating. But don't worry about it. Just be grateful. And you will find something great about every single day here. Japan is a great place to be. It's a great place to learn. It's a great place to go. Look for the opportunities for that. Wow, that's some excellent advice. I'm coming up on my one year um, here, and I can definitely relate and also um, still learn from that advice. Um, like where I live, like 90% of what is said online about the jet program and living in japan just like doesn't apply to me and many of the foreigners who i've interacted with here who are also on the jet program much of their problem is their inability to just humble themselves and open their minds to learning so that's really excellent advice for anybody listening this episode who are just coming on the jet program or planning to come on the jet program that's excellent advice yeah i mean the truth is we are not the saviors of japan's education system they actually don't need us here <laughs> i've met more than enough japanese persons with amazing english skills that i know that we are not needed we just need to be grateful for the opportunity to be here and to learn here. Yeah, um, it's during my interview, um, they told us to focus on the exchange in JET program, Japanese exchange and teaching program, because the teaching is, it, or how can I say, can be done 
by others, but the it's really is an excuse. <laughs> yeah, it's really about that exchange of culture. You teaching them about Rastafarianism and you know mm. Jamaican cuisine and music, and that not all Jamaicans are Usain Bolt's. <laughs> you know, Ooh, or that Jamaica is not in Africa. Ex oh my God! Don't 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 trigger me! Don't trigger me. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: I understand a country like Japan having that opinion. Sorry for that, car. But I mean, I've been in the situation in the States at a reggae show where a member was asked, how long did it take us to drive the buses from Jamaica? Oh, snap. Um, you know, I've, I've lived in Canada where people asked me if, I've ever, if it was the first time I'd ever been on a plane, had I ever seen cool runnings. You know, it's it's alright. Cool runnings <laughs> is something else that triggers me. Um, you don't want me starting to rant on this episode, so let's move on. <laughs> well, finally, wow, yeah, I feel like this has gone by so quickly. Um, finally, are there any creative projects or other undertakings you'd like to share? Well, I am a part of the AdMark family, which means any creative thing that I am doing, um, it's hush-hush until it's in an ad and you see it in the public. So, no. However, um, you can follow me on Instagram at the SC squared if you're curious as to what happens in my life. Um, but what I would promote beyond anything else is check out Paradise Plum by Naomi. You can find it on Tidal, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, anywhere that you consume music. You can find Paradise Plum there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Shikisha. It's never a problem, never a problem. Thank you for listening to episode seven of the JA podcast. Thank you, Shikisha, for being such an awesome guest. And I want to wish you all the best as you return to Jamaica. I will continue to keep in touch with you online. All the links related to this episode will be in the show notes at jamaipanits.com, such as Shikisha's Instagram page, so you can stalk her too. Feel free to leave your comments on this episode by tweeting me at jamaipanese on Twitter, uh, leaving a comment on my Facebook page, or sending me a message via contact at jamaipanese.com. I'm your host, Kirk, from jamaipanese.com, signing out. Thank you for listening.